With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Peacock is streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals, and every live WWE pay-per-view. It's The Office, Chrisley Knows Best, and Peacock original shows like Funky Brewster. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to uh, first edition of the AO 2018-2019 season and I am sitting here with none other than Matt Candela. Hi Pete, we're back. We are back. Uh, it's exciting. It's a new era. No more moaning, no more finger out. It's uh, everything we ever dreamed of has landed. If only you'd got me about 48 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, were you a little bit more optimistic 48 hours ago? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, you live in hope, um, and even when you see the fixture list, you see Manchester City at home, you know, after a few months off, you've forgotten just how bad it was at the end of last season, and you're thinking, if there's ever a good time to play Manchester City, it's now, and we've got a new manager, and we've got new players, uh, but the optimism is fading fast. <laughs> yeah, well and, well and truly flatlined. I, I, I've forgotten how bad it feels to have hope turn to disappointment because if we'd lost this game last season with Arsene Wenger it kind of would have been well (laughs) what were you expecting but I don't know I I didn't expect so many bad things that had happened last season to be happening um, this season with all the changes that were happening but I guess what we learned is it's going to be a really fucking big rebuilding project right it was a massive reality check I think so. Uh, b- before um, before we get into like the 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 nitty gritty, um, the big talking points before the game on the Friday, they announced that the captain was going to be Petr Cech. Then they also announced uh, Emery is continuing um, the lack of respect for the captain's armband that Arsene Wenger had in his latter years. Um, he's chosen five captains moving forward. So um, Cech, Jacker. Koscielny, Ramsey and Ozil. 
what do you think about that approach to uh, management? I don't like it. I would love a uh, Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira style captain, one one person leading the charge. Um, I wonder how much of it is reactive rather than proactive in the sense of if you're going to make a, a single person captain, you've got to really think they've got it in them to be a good captain. And the thing about this current Arsenal team is who would be a good captain? I think if Ramsey had committed, he may very well have found himself the single captain. But when you go beyond that, there's no one who you really feel um, is captain's material, to be honest. And I think that, that maybe has played a part in the whole decision making. I I think the the decision has some sort of strategic merit to it. It was notable that his five captains were all here last season. Um, I don't know whether that's like in his head, it's continuity in some way, it's rewarding people, it's making the new guys um, feel good. Because if you're going to ask me, based on what little I know of the new players, who would be good captain material, like, Lick Steiner <laughs> yeah, looks quite the monster out on the pitch, doesn't he? Yeah, I think um, I think it sends the wrong message to give a player bought in that he's the captain, because the captain is not just the leader on the pitch; he's also supposed to be representative of the club's values and traditions and all that stuff that Arsenal talk a lot about. But um, I think it's important that whoever it is has at least done a year at the club to show that they have the respect of their teammates. Because if you've come in, you've done three weeks of pre-season and you've done more burpees than anyone else or whatever, you know, it, you've got to have been in the trenches and your teammates to go, yeah, he's my leader, he's my captain. Uh, and so I don't think it could be someone from outside. And, and like I said, I just think everyone at the club um, is 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 not really captain captain's material. So I think he's playing a waiting game on that. And... Uh, and we'll probably wait a year, and then it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if we saw someone being given the captain's armband. Yeah, because I suppose when you when you look at it, he's he's electing five people to be his captain: Özil uh, because he wants him to give a shit about something; Ramsey because he wants him to sign a new deal; Czech because he's probably the most experienced winner we have in the side; Koscielny because he probably embodies everything that you expect. Um, of of a captain jack or i've got i just i just, i can't I, I can't we can talk about him a little bit later i, I don't understand that I, you know i understand that as a as a child you were given the spare key over your older brother which is a is is a big deal when you're eight years old but i don't i don't see how that's um uh, of interest nowadays um but uh, so he's got the five leaders that he's elected they all played then he's got uh, Socrates, who is supposed to be a bit of a like a, a leader and a man mountain at the club, he's got Lick Steiner, who is supposed to be a bit of a boss behind the scenes, and then we've got um, Torreira, who also looks like he's got um, leadership capabilities, like he's certainly a, a strong personality. He loves pointing, um, as, as Alfred pointed out the other week. So um, we've got eight or nine captains out on the field. Um, didn't really work out though, did it? No, <laughs> didn't really work out. No, I mean. Let's face it, Manchester City are, uh, are a class above us. I think the reason it feels so deflating is because we've fallen so far behind everyone in terms of our main rivals. 
I remember, you know, this time last year, even up when we were, after we'd beaten Chelsea in the FA Cup final, we were starting Arsene Wenger's uh, season, and you could almost kid yourself that we weren't that far off from the teams above us. But I think since then, uh, the influx of money into the Premier League, the way Liverpool and Manchester City especially invested last year, Liverpool's run to the Champions League that saw that team gel, Manchester City getting over 100 points for the first time, seeing that team gel, and suddenly you look at us, because before that happened, it was, you know, everyone was a bit average, whereas you've, you've now got two teams who are so superior to us in pretty much every department, and it was basically just shown to us on a plate on the first day of the season, so I think that's the bigger thing, it was just a, a reality check, and you know, not even a home advantage could get us a battling one or a draw. You know, it was it was pretty pretty straightforward stuff for City. I thought. Yeah, I, 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 I think you raised a really interesting point. Most teams set the the restart button after 2015, like when, when Leicester won the league. That was too much for um, most clubs. Saw Guardiola come to the league. Saw Mourinho come to the league. Pochettino was already underway with his project. I think. Um, the Klopp come in halfway through that season, or, yeah. or, or so they they they're all uh, a lot further ahead. Um, whilst we continue to to stick things out with Arsene Wenger, so we're a, we're a long way behind. But what did um? And I think the, the the one other thing to add is we as Arsenal fans have been looking at our transfer window, going that was a pretty good window, you know, because it we're looking at it through the lens of what's happened in previous windows. But actually, suddenly you look at the windows of. Well, Liverpool, so Naby Keita, uh, you know, the uh, Fabinho, uh, the new goalkeeper. You know, Alisson, they, if you forgot you know, about Alisson. Yeah, I mean, they've had, a, they've had a better window than us. You've got Manchester City making additions. Mares outstanding, uh, I thought, for, for them. And they've got made other additions as well. Uh, Chelsea, who we were laughing at about three weeks ago for having one of the worst windows ever, have suddenly got... You know, world record goalkeeper versus us getting in a 20 million sort of, you know, reputation slightly damaged German guy. Uh, they brought in the uh, Jorginho, who's from Napoli, who looks like a, you know, that's a better prospect than, or probably a better prospect than Torreira. They brought in Sarri, who's a manager with a great philosophy. So in two weeks, they've managed to do what we did all summer uh, with with higher quality players. So suddenly you're looking at it going, mm, yeah, it was a good window by Arsenal standards, but you know our competition isn't Arsenal. Our competition is Chelsea, Manchester City, or maybe it's not Manchester City, Liverpool. Um, but especially the Chelsea one, because we're going to be vying with Chelsea and Spurs uh, and Manchester United, really. That's, they're our competition. I think Liverpool and City are, are going to be fighting it out at the top, a, a few, a few uh, 10 or 15 points higher than us this year. Yeah, I think um, I think the hope is that Chelsea have difficulties adapting to Sarri ball, but we've got. A, they didn't look a, like it. <laughs> didn't didn't look like it, and um, Chelsea have a high caliber of of, of player. Um, Conte, obviously a strict disciplinarian, um, and, and maybe didn't play the most attractive football that he could have. But you'd imagine under Sarri, they're going to be thinking in a in a different way. Like players like Hazard, given the opportunity Willian, to express Luis, themselves, yeah. yeah, can he unleash the talents of Morata? Um, yeah, that's that, that's going to be 
it's going to be a very um, interesting project that's happening over there. And then you, you you do you do look at the Arsenal and Socrates look very much uh, off the pace. I, I I'm, I'm I'm struggling to comprehend outside of the Dortmund past why we opted for a player lacking in in pace. Uh, and then Licksteinot looks like a competitor, but 34 years old, you know, a team that wants to play with pace out wide. I struggle to see how often he's going to get to start. If we'd signed him at 29, maybe it would have been a different story. Torreira looks interesting. Guendouzi looks interesting. But yeah, it, it certainly doesn't match up to Liverpool standards. But then Liverpool had to take it at stages. And you look at the overarching strategy of the summer, I don't think it was to be competing for the league. I think it was, can we bring in a lot of experienced names and push ourselves into the top four um, and get players in that can gel to a, a, the, the new system quickly? Exactly. We've got to, we've got to finish above one of uh, Chelsea, Spurs and United. Yeah. And if we do that... Then mission accomplished. Phase two starts, and Spurs didn't sign anybody, and that they have one of the most intense systems in the Premier League. Harry Kane's got to get injured at some point. Yeah. Spurs are stuck yeah. in their stadium in Wembley Stadium until December. Then they'll change over halfway through the season, and that'll have an impact. Uh, I, I think the United looks set to capitulate at some point. I don't think that you can start off a season bitching about transfers like Mourinho has been and expect that not to impact the players. It's exactly the same course, uh, the the same car crash that Conte went through. Yeah, Conte went through that exact same process last season and they finished fifth. So there, there is optimism. I think the bigger question is, does Emery have ideas that are good enough to carry Arsenal into the top four? Because... Everybody's excited. The one in the league against for for PSG, but I don't I don't think that that was an achievement by any means. And then when you look at some of the football Sarri's played, Pochettino knows the league better than anybody else. Mourinho is a dinosaur, but he's a dinosaur that knows how to win points. Out of that tops, out of those top six or seven managers, I would probably have uh, Emery in the same sort of bracket as Marco Silva. If you, and I know that that's very unfair because Marco Silva hasn't won anything, but I don't know. It will be very interesting to see whether Emery can be a, a, an elite manager. And I don't know. I think we're going to know a lot more after ten games. I think we're going to because yeah, it's true. Um, you know, we're judging everything on being typical Arsenal supporters. Very true. Judging everything based on playing probably the best team. Top, top the best team or, in Europe, top right? Two or three teams in Europe right yeah. now. Um, you know, they were the best team in England last year, better than Liverpool, as good as Real Madrid style Barcelona, uh, Juventus, I think. For sure. And yeah. uh, and to lose 2 0 before the managers had an, had an opportunity to uh, explain his ideas, I think. Um, we'll see. There was definitely more endeavour. Yeah. So, uh, what, so what? So what did we like? What, what were the what were the positives that we can take away? I think. I mean, I, I know people have been talking about a lot of positives. I mean, I just think it was Arsene Wenger's team like yesterday. I don't think there were any Emery real positives. I mean, people say yeah, we tried harder, hustled a bit harder. Amy Lawrence in the Guardian sort of certainly saw a little bit more effort. Yeah, maybe there was, but you know, it was the same Achilles heel. That's it was it, it was just a it was just a rerun. So. Uh, people have been talking about Gwendozi. I've liked the look of him. You know, it's, again, 
we've got to stop getting hung up on heaping all this praise on someone who made mistakes made big mistakes you know made very big mistakes and i don't know i just think it's sort of symptomatic of where we've been as a club that we celebrate that you know people who just look good on the ball so jury's still out on him in my opinion Uh, i mean it's one one game uh you know it's um i didn't i didn't find a huge amount to be positive about because more because we got chelsea on the weekend and there's a very good chance that you know we're going to start the season with a new manager with zero points out of six and uh and and in all sorts of trouble so uh the worrying things for me were obama yang against again looks looks impotent against top opposition uh yeah like I, I I love him for his finishing, but I think the role of a modern day striker you need to be able to to terrorize and you know he just it feels that like you can cut off the supply to him relatively easily. I'm thinking like Spurs away last season where he, he had one chance, but but that did nothing all game. He's he, not an impact striker. No, he's, he's, he's no Sanchez, and he's. He's not even a Giroud when it comes to hold-up play. And I know that he's a much better finisher and he's a lot faster and that's probably going to pay dividends for us this season. But Giroud was very good at bringing people into the game. I mean, I wonder if Aubameyang himself knows that he needs to play in a 4-4-2 and that's why he's fostered such a such big a relationship with Lacazette because I think, I think he sort of needs him. Yeah, when Lacazette came on, it did improve our whole outlook, really. Like, we definitely look more threatening moving forward. I, I tend to agree with you on Gwendozi as well. Like the people, are, I tell you what I loved about him. He he never stopped showing for the ball. It's like, come on, guys, he's playing for Arsenal. He's he's earning forty, fifty grand a week. Of course, he's going to show for the ball. I, I, he does look a talent. Yeah. He does look a talent, but you, you can't shy away from it. If you create, if you if you create two huge mistakes. Uh, and openings for Manchester City, one that led directly to a goal and the other one that led to Aguero being one-on-one. You can't walk away from that saying that that's a, a really positive game. I, something that did worry me, like there are a few things that worried me I, I, and I couldn't quite get my head around. Firstly, if you're going to sign a £25 million goalkeeper with a, a big emphasis on the fact that he can play the ball out with his feet, why isn't he starting yesterday? Why would you put Czech in well, that situation? Yeah, the, I mean, the rumour I heard somewhere on Twitter was gonna blog yeah I think yeah. so it was that uh, it's gone around the it's that his performances in training haven't been up to much and you know I, I normally wouldn't listen to that but we all knew that there were a few reservations about his performance last season mm-hmm. so it's you know you'd think someone's arriving at the new club it's always going to be easier to get the number one shirt straight off the bat than have to get it halfway through the season now because then there's a big story if Czech gets dropped or whatever. So and Czech played well with his hands. That can't be denied. He had a spectacular game with his yeah. hands, I thought, and and against Chelsea a few weeks before. So that was an odd that was an odd decision. Not showing faith in your twenty five million pound goalkeeper and then making uh, an old school goalkeeper struggle with playing out the back and then. Uh, the, the other concern was how can a, a, a team that's played Wenger ball for 10 years look so uncomfortable transitioning the ball out of the back? It was, it, it was, it was worrying. I saw a video earlier and it was titled uh, Barcelona or Brentford and it was, it was Brentford playing the ball out the back and it was spectacular. Like, 
bloody hell. Like the, the Brentford are, are playing the ball out of the back and it looks incredible. Arsenal looked so uncomfortable. They almost gave up doing it in the second half, didn't they? They didn't want to carry on with it. And you can understand you're playing against Manchester City. They're a very intense, fast, powerful team yeah. who really do put you up your stride. So uh, not that Chelsea are going to be any easier on us, but I can understand that that's going to take a while. So playing out the back... I was excited that we were doing it because it showed that we're like moving forward as a football club, even though it's kind of a standard in Europe. <laughs> even though we're not very good at yeah, it. Yeah, even though we were absolutely hopeless. And that just goes to show you, again, the levels that we're at now. The second thing that, that really irked me was Jacka starring. I just I can't fathom what what everybody sees in him. Like Somebody mentioned to me the other week, I don't even know whether it was you or you'd spoken to somebody in Switzerland, but he's got this mystique of Gilberto. You know, managers love him, yeah. fans don't really get it. But I just can't understand why we persist with a player who has no pace, gets absolutely uh, distracted by any sort of pressure that comes at him. And turns over the ball and possession so readily every single game. But it was interesting that Emery took him off for Torreira when we were losing 2-0. That was a statement, right? Yeah, I mean, the other thing I've heard uh, about Xhaka is that uh, every day, best player in training. Really? And like, undisputed, like, fantastic player. And just can't handle the Premier League. Can't handle just... I don't know whether it's the mental side or the physical side or what, but, you know, I, I have heard that um, fairly recently. So what does that mean? Does that mean that he doesn't get rustled as much as he does? Like the, or the, so, or players it's the psychological easier? bit, he feels the pressure. I mean... I think it's, I honestly think it's a physical thing. I've never seen a player so weak in that, that midfield. He gets rolled off the ball. He has no turn of pace. He's also not very aware of what's going on around him, which is particularly alarming for a centre midfielder. But I, I, I see the future of our midfield moving forward. Torreira and probably Guendouzi if he doesn't make cataclysmic errors. The whole Mkhitaryan and Özil thing. Yeah, it's not. It's a shambles. It's yeah, it's a shambles. Özil had an extremely quiet game, but Özil wasn't just normal Özil anonymous against the top six team he was particularly bad his touch was poor his passing was 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 off a beat uh, it, it didn't really work out for him at all Aaron Ramsey was anonymous Obama Yang was anonymous Mkhitaryan looked very poor it, it's gonna be if, if we lose the goals and the goals dry up this year we really are in trouble yeah I mean we just sort of thought we had a you know people were talking about how potent we were and then we looked completely the opposite uh, so, yeah, let's just hope it was a one-off. It was Manchester City and against Chelsea, uh, you know, score a couple of goals and win the game. So because because every, if we beat Chelsea, then everyone will be on cloud nine and everyone will be feeling great about the season. The challenge is if we lose against Chelsea, what are the players, how do the players react? Like when uh, when somebody's new that's coming in, that's shouting at you, that's telling you that you're doing everything wrong. How do how do those that does that pretty bunch, uh, pretty bunch of? Uh, I think they'll be okay because it's the beginning. It's just you don't want uh, things hanging around your neck. You know, Emery won't want to have. You know how Wenger had that sort of every time they played, he had a oh Arsene Wenger's record against top six teams, and they start doing it after you lose two games. You know, so if Emery becomes the guy who can't win against anyone in the top six, then you know it'll just get hammered and hammered and hammered, and 
it becomes a psychological thing. So as quickly as possible, you've got to... Like, you can already sense it with Guardiola. You know, he's never beaten Guardiola. Got four draws, seven defeats now, I think. You know, that's already a thing. Yeah. He's not going to beat him away. I don't so, think he has a particularly good record against Klopp. Either. So, not against against Klopp. Uh, if he loses to... Sa- Sa- you know, like, then suddenly you're just like, yeah, you know, you're basically... The narrative becomes, yeah, you're just fighting it out to finish top of the top of the rest, you know. So we just gotta we just gotta get a couple of good performances, good results out. Uh, be interesting to see how he sets up on Saturday and whether what's the change? Whether he goes more defensive, whether he takes the game to them. It's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, what would you what do you what, what do you think he should change? I think he should. Put, I don't think Chelsea like pace against them. I think he should get Lacazette up top, and I think he should go to Stamford Bridge with an attacking mindset because I don't think Chelsea like defending. And I don't think Sarri's going to have them defending more solidly. I think they've moved to a back four. Uh, you know, they're not going to be that. They're not going to be hugely solid, but they are going to be at home. They're going to be buoyed by the opening win. They're going to be wanting to go forward. So I think. Uh, but they won't want they won't want us coming at them, and I think, uh, you know, we've been psychologically under Conte. We had the upper hand uh, after so many years of not having the upper hand. So, you know, I'd like to, like us to to take that on, but we'll see. Yeah, I think we've uh, I think we've got to get our star names into the game. Aaron Ramsey should be putting a big footprint. Uh, on Chelsea, uh, Mkhitaryan should be making a mark. Özil should be getting into the game. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what you should never do. I'm like basically taking the strategy that hasn't served me well, which is we can't possibly have our forward players play as badly as last week again this week. But I've said that before. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be an interesting game of the weekend and a, and a really important uh, one. I think psychologically with. Uh, for for Emery, but also for the fans, losing the opening two games is just like oh no, here we go, another round of uh, another yeah, round of Emery for fourth, you know, which yeah. is what we're doing anyway. But at least let's have one part of the season where we're feeling good. It's also super amusing to read around the internet with people talking about feeling gutted that we lost out on Arteta. I was like, where were you in the summer? You weren't anywhere, and now you're crowing, cooing after, uh, cooing after Arteta. But uh, I think whatever happens, we've got. We really have to give Emery a year. You can't give him three months. You've no, got to give no, him. No. You've got no, to give him the it. full season, and we've got to back him. I just hope the the fans are a little bit better behaved as well. Like rolling out before half time, rolling out well before ninety minutes. It's like, come on, guys, this is the new era. This isn't Wenger again. You've got you got standby Emery. Like I think he's put in a lot of effort. Um, with the open training sessions, inviting people in, um, letting them get closer to the players. I think that like, he's super keen to make this work. And I just hope that Emery doesn't panic. Um, and I hope that um, I hope the players continue to, to trust his ways. Because well, I think this is an interesting point because you know how nowadays big multinationals, if they've got a CEO, that CEO needs to... It's no longer enough just to be good at your job. You've got to be inspirational. Yeah, uh, and it's interesting to go. Is the role of a football coach, manager, whatever you want to call it, is their role just to make the team really good, or is their team also to get the fans excited and engaged? Because there's no doubt about it, Liverpool's success in getting to the Champions League, a part of that was down to the atmosphere 
and you know the excitement around the Champions League and the play and everyone pulling in the same direction, including the fans. And that is one thing that I'm a little bit. I think I don't think Arteta would have been any better actually, but it would be nice to have a coach who is bringing a certain amount of, you know, Guardiola does it, Klopp does it, passion to, uh, yeah. you know, Conte had that intensity. You know, and and was passion went very out of fashion for a few years, but I do think that that CEOs look at managers now, and they they know that the fans like to have a crazy guy on the sidelines. It's uh, it's it's something that they look for. I know that when Emery was at PSG, the the hierarchy there said that they thought the way that he behaved on the touchline was unbefitting of a manager of PSG. So he was told to calm his emotions and behave on the touchline and not be as over the top. I think he's going to change that for Arsenal because that's... He was out prowling the touchline, wasn't he? Yeah. That was another positive that came out of the game. I don't think we can be completely down the dumps. You knew that he was scheming on how to change things up because the first half went badly. He made changes. He took Ramsey off on 54, 55 minutes. I don't think Ramsey was injured. I think that that was like very much a power play. Doesn't matter who you doesn't matter what your reputation is. I will take you off the pitch if you're not delivering and that's certainly not something that Wenger would do. No. Um you know remember Sanchez playing in against Sutton or whoever and Wenger said, "Well, you can't you can't say no to him, can you?" I don't think that we'll have a, a, any 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 such behavior with Emery. So he just needs a just needs a few wins under his belt. We're not going to play a team like Manchester City again for a while. Hopefully Chelsea are a little bit weaker and um they're a, a little bit easier to expose at the back. There's certainly not a team that can score a, a, a hundred goals this season and they're certainly not um anywhere near being um league winners. So maybe we'll have a bit bit of luck. So So we've got uh after Chelsea we've got uh West Ham at home, who uh, just got absolutely beasted by Liverpool. Uh, then we've got Cardiff away, uh, Newcastle away, Everton at home, Watford at home, Fulham away, Leicester City away, Palace away. Then the next big, tough, really tough game. All of those are eminently losable, obviously, but the real tough game is 3rd of November. So you really feel like... I mean, there's no easy game in the Premier League. We know that. But... He should be by the time we go and play Liverpool in the top four. Yeah, if 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 we're in within spitting distance of the top three by then, we'll be in a good position. And also, it's going to get better week after week. Players are going to be more disciplined. They're gonna they're gonna get more match fit. They're gonna understand his ideas a little bit better. Uh, he's going to trust. Um, he he's going to know his first eleven and who to trust. I don't think he's quite got that at the moment. And I think the biggest shock to his his system w- will be how intense the Premier League is and how much focus there has to be on every single game. Um, I just hope that he adapts to that. But I'm I'm largely positive. He's a much better manager than Arsene Wenger, and Arsene wasn't that far off of um, top four yep. last season. So. We can if we can get uh, I don't know what it was was it seventy eight points last year got top four yeah I mean that 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 feel that feels doable he just needs to get to Christmas and be within spitting distance so like and, we uh, said we'll know by the end of first ten games and uh, how bad it's going to be yeah but you never know I mean if we can you you also feel that 
it's like anything. It's if the players sense that there's improvement week after week after week, and that they're part of this improvement shift, they're going to be excited and they're going to push harder to make that improvement happen faster and faster and faster. At the moment, there is probably a bit of an inferiority complex against some of the very top teams. Yeah. Uh, and but as soon as as, as soon as we can get that monumental win and that could be you know winning six in a row or it might be beating Liverpool or it might be beating Chelsea this weekend but you know we need those shots of confidence that are going to hopefully propel our season and likewise uh, the longer we're not being able to deliver results the harder it gets to turn it around Amen. Okay, well, we'll leave we'll leave the podcast on that positive note. We're going to be back next week for another edition. Hopefully, some more positive spin, um, and we've got some exciting stuff to talk about. So, on that note, thank you, Matt. An exciting one to get under the belt first yeah. of the season. Onwards, onwards. Thanks, guys. If you love to be remembered as the person who gives the best birthday gifts, I'm here to tell you that 1-800-Flowers.com is your ultimate birthday gifting destination. 1-800-Flowers has thoughtful and artfully created options that are guaranteed to deliver the best birthday surprise. Shop thousands of unique gifts at 1-800-Flowers.com for exclusive offers and great values. To order today, visit 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network.